not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, Discovering Your Core and Also Your Gift Is Your Niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to When Passion Meets Profit. I'm Patricia Noldrain, your host for this episode. I love doing these podcasts because I get to talk to really cool people like Michelle Matson. She's my guest for today. But before I get involved with Michelle, I just wanted to tell you a few statistics about podcasting because there used to be, I don't know, 20,000 or something like that. Now we're in the millions of podcasts. I think every single person listening to this should consider starting your own podcast because I'm sure you have information that I would love to listen to. I know Michelle, who's on with me today, I would love to see her have a podcast because wait till you hear her story. Now, <laughs> the title of today is Going from Nursing to Being an Entrepreneur. And I know so many nurses that are such kind, caring, and they're, they're empathetic, they're sympathetic, and they are entrepreneurial material. So I'm very anxious, Michelle, for you to tell us when did you go from being a nurse to an entrepreneur? And welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Patricia. It's great to be on here. I uh, can't give you a direct answer to that because it took me a while mm -hmm. to realize that I needed to be an entrepreneur. I was a nurse for 20 years. Oh, wow. I have always had an interest in owning my own business, but I never thought it was possible. I mean, that's just not how I was raised. I didn't have any small business owners in my family. So everybody was taught that you go to school, you move on to college, you get a job, and that's what you do. So it was never instilled in me as I grew up that it was even possible. And after spending a substantial amount of time in the working world, I encountered a few peers who had done it, and I saw that they were successful and they seemed really happy. And I thought, well, surely they can do it. I could do it. I mean... But why not? I mean, the worst that could happen is that it doesn't work out. And then I still have skills that I can fall back on. And it's been three years now. Oh, wow. Well, I, you know, that's kind of a tough question that I did ask. Because if somebody said to me, when did I step into entrepreneurship? I, I think at age two. You know, I think I've always been that entrepreneurial thinker, and I'm sure you have too. When you stepped into it three years ago, Michelle, you know, did you feel differently about business and about working than you did before as a nurse? Absolutely. I yeah, think I over the course of the years, I just realized that I was putting in time 
for a wage, but I had no control over anything. Yeah, wasn't well, that the truth? Being I've... given to me, I was taught how to do it. I was told when to do it, and I really didn't have any freedom. Mm -hmm. It's really just exchanging your precious time for a dollar, and it's and when you realize that, it's it's mind blowing. It's very frustrating, and so. One of the things I love to do, Michelle, with everybody that comes on this podcast is go back in time with them and say, could you share a story when you were a little girl that depicts your personality possibly today? I, I can actually think of two. So okay. I think it, it's going to tell you the story of the fighter in me. I was born premature. So I was born probably about six weeks early which back then, you know, was very early because we didn't have the technology that we have now. So I had to stay in the hospital for three weeks in a NICU back in the late 60s. So I was a fighter. That's, you know, that's how I survived. I only weighed four pounds when I was born. So I was oh. determined that I was going to survive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. And then I think when I was in second grade, I, I ran inside the school one time to use a drinking fountain during recess. And I remember my teacher confronting me in the hallway and he challenged me for being inside during recess to get a drink. And I, I turned to him and I said, well, if we're not allowed to use the water fountains, then why are we here? Why are they here? Why are the water fountains here? If we can't use them? And I remember him chuckling and walking away. It's funny that I can remember that still 40 some years later, but I remember it. So it goes back to the the fighter and the one that's going to challenge. But I always challenge things in a respectful way, but it's the fact that I'm not going to give up real easily. And I think that's inbred in anybody who really is an entrepreneur. Yeah, I totally agree. Because I could tell one story after the other also about that kind of thing. So, you know, we, we all have to go back to who we are. And that's who you are is just questioning. I'm just wondering why that drinking fountain, that makes no sense. Oh, my gosh, that was that's too cool, Michelle. <laughs> okay, take us on your passion journey. And I, I call it a passion journey, but really I can say a passion slash career journey, whatever. But But really how you finally found your passion. So tell us that story. Well, you know, I enjoy building relationships with people, getting to know people, talking and having conversation. And I morphed into a nursing career because I, I noticed that I had a nurse that came to the house for a family member and uh, the interactions that I saw take place, they really made me think, huh, maybe nursing is something I can do. So, you know, I went to school and got my nursing degree. I always enjoyed that aspect, the interaction and building relationships with people. But as most nurses today would tell you, that's not what we do on a day-to-day -day basis as much as we would like. Many of the nurses that I see leaving the profession, one of the reasons they leave is because they don't get to care for patients like they like to. Okay. It winds up being a very task-oriented role. And the, the interactions that you were hoping to have don't really wind up being what you can have. Because as you're standing there talking to somebody, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got four other patients I have to give medicines to, or maybe more, just depending on where you work. And you really lose that interaction. So the passion piece came early when I realized how much I liked interacting and learning about different people. But then it morphed into something else because I also really love my independence. And once I realized that I could make a living 
talking to people or interacting with people in a different way and still solve problems, which nurses solve problems every day. Oh, yeah. Why couldn't I do it? You know, the thing I feel I think the sorriest about with the nurses, you, you, you know who they are as soon as you say, I, I was a nurse for 20 years. You're just this caring, nurturing, wonderful person. Because I could never be a nurse. I mean, that that's like, that's really a, a gift, I guess you might say. But what I feel so bad about, Michelle, and I don't know if you've seen it over the years, are how many nurses that are so dissatisfied and want out, but they don't know what to do or where to go. I, I see a lot. And, and actually, I have a relative that's also a nurse, and it's my sister, ironically. She's a year older than me, and we were just having a conversation about this the other day. So I have written a book called Scrapping the Scrubs, a guide for nurse entrepreneurs. And the book she had purchased and took a picture of, and I said, it's about time. You bought it. <laughs> so I took the passion for interacting with people and helping them solve problems. And now my goal is to help some of these burnt out nurses solve mm -hmm. the problem of figuring out what are they going to do now with what they know. Mm -hmm. And can I give you some tools to help you go somewhere else with what you know? Because nurses, we, we, we're taught a lot of things in nursing school, but we're not taught how to be business owners. Oh, no. Give you a piece of that. And in my book, I discuss some of the challenges that I encountered, some of the things I wish I would have done differently. And then I also have examples of about a dozen other nurses who have successfully opened their own business. If I can give you those tools and give you the spark to start thinking about it, then hopefully I've helped you in a positive way. Yeah, that's great. I love the title of that book, Scrapping the Scrubs. How did you come up with that? That's just fabulous. You nailed it. Well, I envisioned a trash can first. And I envisioned somebody just taking their scrubs off and throwing them in the garbage can, which ironically is exactly what the book cover looks like. Oh, for heaven's sake. That's great. Well, Michelle, you know, one of the things that I remember you and I talking earlier about, really, there are nurses out there that that have an entrepreneur just waiting to come out inside of them, but not knowing what to do. I cannot tell you how proud I am that you took that next step to say, okay, I'll do it. I'll be the person to step into that role. I bet I have talked to, I'm going to say 50 nurses over the years and have asked them, would you ever like to contribute to other nurses that are really burned out? No, mm -mm. but you did. You, you, you stepped into that and you're going to help so many people out there have another look at what they can do with what they already know. That's what I think is so brilliant about you. And so it, was it hard, Michelle? Because I, I know it has been for so many other entrepreneurs. We take what we love and what we're passionate about it, and then we make a profit with it because you do have to pay the mortgage and you have to buy food. But they're very guilty about it. And so when did you give yourself permission to make profit with your passion? Ironically, I was never guilty. I never oh, felt guilty. <laughs> I think I, because I had seen other individuals start their own business and be successful and know what to charge and, you know, they had a pretty good price tag. I learned that you can get paid what you want, but you have to ask for it. So I never felt guilty. Oh, wow. 
Well, you are a little fighter. I am. Yeah. And you know, I, I do, I am, that's very refreshing to me, actually, Michelle, because I'd have to say 99% of entrepreneurs struggled with that. What to charge, how to charge, how to price it, how to even ask for it, how to say it out loud was almost impossible. And here you are, well, didn't feel guilty, saw other people doing it, had value. So what the heck, I'm going to charge this. (laughs) That's fabulous. Now, you know, when you talk about your book, I just want you to share maybe just one piece or maybe a story from the book. I know I didn't, you're not prepared to do that, but I know you just finished the book also. And by the way, can people get it on Amazon? Yes, they can. Okay. They just go to amazon.com and go in uh, and write in scrapping the scrubs. It will pull it right up. Okay. All right, that because I want a copy of that. I have a couple of nurses I would like to give that to, and and so just give me an example of maybe a story that's in that book. Okay, well there was actually one nurse that I interviewed for the book, and I had met her before at a conference. She started a business, a foot care business, because as she worked on the floors in the hospital. That was one of the things that she enjoyed to do, believe it or not. Most people don't like feet, including me, but she did. And she enjoyed spending time interacting with her patients and taking care of their feet. As you get older and you have health issues, sometimes feet get neglected. And she would see a need and she would take care of her patients as she could. But at the point, the workload became so excessive in the hospital, she couldn't give that service back to her patients anymore. So she went and opened her own foot care business where she basically makes her appointments. She goes to a nursing home. She goes to private homes and she foot care all day long for herself. She's also now starting a school to teach other nurses how to do it as well. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E And in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I don't don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up, Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait 
for you to get to know the most important person in your life. That's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. Oh, that is, now is that a perfect story or what? I love that. You know, and I know right now that there's not just nurses, but there are people listening to this and they're saying, gosh, if somebody could just help me figure out what my passion is and then make a profit with it, I would be forever grateful. What advice would you give somebody like that, Michelle, that's really just searching like you were searching a while back? I think it comes from two things. One, you really, really have to spend time to really understand who you are. Not who you think you have to be, not who society expects you to be or your family. Who are you really and what do you enjoy? Because you have to be true to yourself, number one. Mm -hmm. Figure what it is that you really enjoy. Take the tools that you have, which are the skills that you already know how to do, Figure out with those tools and what you enjoy, is there a way to blend them into a service, a business, a product that you can create your own business with? A lot of people that do a product business will, especially for nurses, see a need that was unmet. Another example in my book is a nurse who developed an app for her phone because it was something that she needed and she couldn't find it. So take the passion you have after you figure out who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, you think you know your passion, like I thought in the past that I knew my passion. And then I realized that who I am at all at all, at all, really, it's not. And once you're honest with yourself about who you are and you have that truth, then and only then can you move forward. And you have to plan, 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 plan. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think I think when people ask me this one question a lot, they say, well, do you change passions throughout your life? And you change interests throughout your life, but at the core of who we are is always who we are. And at the core of who I am is a teacher. And I always have been since I was three years old teaching people about rocks that I didn't know anything about. Because we just have that inside of us. With you, Michelle, you probably go back to being a helper, somebody that's always interested in somebody else. It's probably, if, if you are not helping somebody, I'm sure you would not be happy. Is that true? That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's the core stuff. Now, the, what you do with that core stuff around it, like what I teach, I'm not teaching in a classroom anymore like I used to, but I am teaching adults now how to find their passion, how to make a profit with it, and so on and so on. So it, it's funny, you know, your passion, your your interest will change. Your passion will remain the same, and that's who you are at the core. I, I love how you express that. And and I really, I think this book, Michelle, how much is it, by the way, on Amazon? The ebook is $9.99, and then the print book is $17.99. Okay. I like the print book. I still like to hold books. I just, I have a, I'm looking at them right now in my library and I must have thousands of books, but I don't care. Even if I only get to read a few chapters and peruse the book, I still have to have those books around me. I love the advice that you gave people. And and when you said you have to get to know yourself, I always thought it was so trite to say, be true to yourself. Because it was always like, what in the heck does that mean? 
Well, it doesn't mean a thing unless you really understand who you are. And I can tell you that I, the most successful people I know in my life that I've ever met, they know themselves inside and out. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. And you're one of those people, Michelle. So how did you, how did you really start getting to the core and getting to know who you were? So, you know, Patricia, I did read your book. <laughs> oh, which one was that now? Finding Your Core. Mm-hmm. The the title wrong, but no, know. that's okay. It's discovering your core. Discovering uh, yeah, your core. okay. So I did read that, and I actually referred to it in my book, by the way, um, because I felt it was very helpful. Um, oh, good. Digging down layer by layer, like if you envisioned an onion and you're just peeling the layers off, you really, really have to take time to figure that out. Because if you rush to do something. You might regret it. If you rush to do something just to get out of a bad job, then maybe that wasn't the right thing for you. And you've already invested time and money and effort. And you're right back to square one where you were before. Yeah. So for me, that's exactly what I did was I really took the time, especially over the last year and a half, to mm-hmm. spend quiet time and really think about what is it that I like and what is it that I don't like. And there are no right or wrong answers to that. That's right. Good for you. You know, I was wondering, Michelle, when you were, when you're talking about really delving into yourself, was any of that painful for you? Because I, I deal with people all day long and there's many of them. I'm going to say a good 40% of them. They can't dig. They can't take the layers apart because it's too painful for them. Did you find that at all? No, I didn't. I I think for me, I probably felt relief. Yeah. Because it was more of, I'm okay, I'm accepting of the fact that I now don't feel that I need to measure up or compare to someone else. For example, I was on social media the other day, and I saw a post from somebody who, she's a nurse, she has a PhD, she worked 60 hours a week, had a side business that she ran, was bragging almost about it, the fact that she was so busy. And I wonder if she was doing that to make herself feel better or was she doing that to make the rest of us feel like we're not doing enough? It didn't bother me. I was actually probably annoyed by it because I thought, when do you enjoy your time? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, social media is one thing that'll do it to us all. I got into such a game with comparisonitis that I had to finally just eliminate myself from so many things because I was doing exactly that, Michelle. I was looking at people and they were they just looked like they were doing so much. And I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, how can she do that? I just can't seem to keep up. I had to start eliminating because otherwise I was just comparing constantly to people that maybe have been in the business 30 years longer than me or to people that were not telling the truth. You know, I had a guy one time and I think this is a really weird situation, just like we're talking about social media because it's all in how you're perceiving that. And this guy was, I I had an event business and he was speaking on stage and behind him, he had his foot on a Rolls Royce in front of a huge mansion and he was maybe 24 years old. And so when he got through talking about how you can be a millionaire too, he came off stage and I said, well, I'm very proud of you. What is it 
yeah, how did this happen at such an early age for you? And he said, what? And I said, you know, that you have a Rolls Royce and a mansion. And he said, they're not mine. And I said, what? He said, no, I just posed for the picture because I want people to think I'm successful. Now, isn't that terrible? That's what's happening on social media. Wow. Yeah, that's a wow. It's, I, it's, it's remained with me for 20 years. It bothered me ever since. So, Michelle, I know there's people listening today that are loving the conversation as much as I am. And so I'm just wondering how can they contact you? We know how to get your book on Amazon. You just go to Amazon and put in Scrapping the Scrubs comes right up. But how do they contact you if they want more information from you? I am on Facebook. I have a LinkedIn profile, uh, Michelle Matson in Boise, Idaho. And also by email, michelle.matson, M-A-T-T-S-O-N, at outlook.com. Okay. I do, I'm glad you spelled that because it just helps so much when people, and, and many times what, that is funny, when I'm listening and I go in to look up somebody, I realize that you have to almost say that M is for Mary. So Matson is M is for Mary, A-T-T is in Tom Tom. S is in Sam O-N, because it's funny on the microphone how sometimes it gets all kind of garbled. Right. Well, Michelle, not only did I enjoy everything that you said today, but I also took down eight golden nuggets that you gave us today. So could I share those with you? Please. Okay, here you go. Number one, don't exchange your precious time for money. Number two, go back to the core of who you are. And the funny thing, the core of who Michelle is, is a fighter. I love that about her. Number three, be respectful, but be inquisitive. That was probably the most valuable thing that, to, to me, Michelle, that you said today, because, because it is about having respect. But hey, how come, the, how come I can't drink out of the water fountain if it's sitting there? I love that. Number four, know what to charge and value your gifts. And I don't know where you got that. Maybe it's that fighting, you know, person that you are. Because when I can tell you honestly that it's up in the 90 percentile of people that that's their biggest hang up and it's not yours. So good luck. Number five, spend time knowing who you are. And it does take time, doesn't it, Michelle? It, it isn't just a blink and you know who you are. How, how, you said you worked on it for like a year and a half. I did. And, and who you are changes at different points in your life. Yes. Priorities and, you know, your experiences. So, yeah, I spent the last year and a half. If nothing else came from the pandemic, I really figured out who I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number six, take the skills you came in with, then create a product program around what you already know. Love that one. Number seven, take time for you. And the way that you want to do it is remove layer by layer, just like it's an onion. I love that analogy. And number eight, you finally, Michelle, this is you, you finally discovered that you accepted me, just who I am. And I, I love that because I wrote a book a long time ago called I Love Myself the Way I Am. It's a children's book. Man, I still want to grow and I still want to you know, advance and all of those other words. But the most important thing is just really be accepting of who you finally find out who you are. And that's what you have done. And, and you've done it so well, Michelle. I cannot thank you enough for being on today. You're brilliant. You're a brilliant little girl. And now you're a brilliant nurse slash entrepreneur. I've enjoyed it, Patricia. Thank you so yeah. much. I loved having you on. And until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noldrain. 
Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve, and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, and I share 100 tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it, because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called <clears throat> When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.